There we are. No, you don't own it anymore. It's mine. It's mine and it's time to sing. It's beyond our comprehension. And I've got a lot of stuff to do in the performance theater because this place is a fucking cesspool. And so I'm vacuuming. Otherwise, I'm never bringing Mikey back here. So I figure, well, fuck it. I'm the one with the service dog. I'm the one who has to take him back. And he jumps on my couch and my floor. And this floor was so fucking, I wouldn't, you know, I just was like, oh, I couldn't even come back. But I came back today with a pet vac, and it's beyond our comprehension. And so I'm vacuuming out here. I'm turning this volunteer message, trying to do my part for the radio station. And so what I did is I recorded a bunch of stuff uh, earlier in the week. And I figured, well, this is a good time to go ahead and share that with you while I uh, prepare the studio for what comes at 4 p.m., 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Mutiny Radio at 2781 21st Street, the corner of 21st in Florida. It's your studio and performance theater where you too could have a podcast. You too could share something to the globe. Hey, we're on iTunes now. Did you know that? That's right. You can go to the podcast. You can go to iTunes. You can search for us at Beyond Our Comprehension. Or don't type in at, just go beyond our comprehension, look in podcast, Bading! you're going to see it. You'll see where we did our shorts. So you've got some short series, about 15, between 30 minutes or so. Uh, the 1000 series for Clem's Castaways is a tribute to the guests that come by for the open mic. And so you'll see those shorts there. And then the 1001 series short for Beyond Our Comprehension is there, where you can look at the past shows where we had Christian Swain, the CEO, founder, producer, and host He's a host of Rock and Roll Archaeology and the founder of Pantheon Podcast, Rock and Roll Global Number One Podcasting Music Place. That's where you got to be if music is your passion. And we will see. I sent him an email. Uh, there are some wonderful people in the San Francisco area, and so we'll love to have them back on the show. That's right. Clem's Castaway's open mic and improv from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, enjoy that. 2781 21st Street. Call into the studios. 415-550-0511. That's 415-550-0511. Go ahead and keep trying. There's no message there, but keep trying uh, during the podcast hours, the next four hours, and I'll be moving around, probably coming into the... Uh, board area vacuuming that up too uh mutiny radio's fifth annual comedy festival that's from march 1st to the 7th so make sure you go to eventbrite look up mutiny radio comedy festival get your tickets come to my block come to my block it's only 15 bucks a ticket and you're gonna get you're gonna get more comedy than it's like i think it's like 14 comics in an at like an hour and 50 minutes it's going to be amazing so check that out you can go to facebook look at clem's castaways mutiny radio comedy festival you can see the lineup there go ahead and comment check out those comedians there interact we'd love to hear you and i'm gonna ask for a special request here as i send out when i send out the new 
uh, load because we're loading them on the website. We're on iTunes now, but I'm going to ask your help. I'm not getting published, right? I'm not getting any kind of uh, link on the main website. So I need your help. I need your help to share around the globe so people with disabilities like myself, when we can't turn to anywhere else, we can turn to what we thought was free speech, but I'm not getting any coverage. And can you imagine that? Can you imagine the embarrassment I have as I pay into the collective here of having the CEO, the number one podcasting music, Rick and Roo, Rick and Roo. And he goes to the website and tells me I'm not there. Fuck a duck. Oh, shit. Uh, and I don't know what to do. I'm asking for your help, Collective. I'm asking for your help. You know the people that I'm talking about around the scene here from Mutiny Radio. I I don't know what to do. (sighs) I feel like we're getting throttled by the manager, the station manager, and it's not our fault. And we're volunteering. We're passing out. And people who not even paying their money, any dues, or people who are not even active anymore at the Collective are competing for our listens and it's not fair um so help us not have to worry about the fairness of it and help us just go ahead and blast through can you give me i don't know what is sean sean's what twenty-one thousand. can anybody give me fifty thousand so at least i can show that people with disabilities with true physical and mental disabilities who have a podcast out there that our voice can be heard too. Can you help share this with everybody? I mean, it's just mutinyradio.fm. You can't even find me on Tuesdays. Just go to the podcast archive, look there and search for Beyond Our Comprehension. And can you just go ahead and download the last one that we had with Christian Swain off that mutinyradio.fm? Um, and if you're on iTunes, please help us with this one. If you, if you can just help, because I don't think it's right that I don't think it's right that there's people who have a click that are here at the station. They get privileges over to people who are really just trying to come here and, and have great people on run it as a business. And we have to compete against this. And I don't know what to do because I've communicated to the manager Email after email after email. And, you know, we've got some problems. I don't know if we need an intervention or what. I don't know. Maybe that's what we got to do next Sunday on February. Maybe we have to have an intervention because it's sad to say, but the station is being run by a functional alcoholic. And it's sad to say, and we need to give help there. Before one, the station runs really into the ground, which is almost there. And I think it's too overwhelming and I think it's too overwhelming. And the person isn't reaching out to just say, you know, I can't take it anymore. Can somebody just totally step in until I can get myself right? Because the problem is, is I'm, I'm trying to share this to, you know, a lot of people, people who really need to come. And this is the point of free speech here. And to have a station manager that is 
you can't believe the way I came into the studio. You can't believe what the pot, there's, there's pot. There, there's a fucking kid's place right down here. And there's fucking pot just laying out there on the outside. Whoever has a show before, you're supposed to police it up. Supposed to clean. And so, you know, if we got to follow it, doesn't the manager have to follow that too? I don't know. Last meeting we had, it was just like a throttling. I am so sorry I have to get this out, but it was like a throttling. Like we're doing something wrong. And we're paying our dues, who, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I think it's just this too nice. I think our, stand, our station manager has relationships that are way too nice for everybody else. And it's cliquish and they're holding on to that. And because that, maybe they should ask for help and step down. Get the help they need with their addiction. So they live. We want you to live long. But you're a functional alcoholic and you're, you can't do this anymore. You need to handle your life crisis and get that under your belt and be a great person and come back and be beautiful. And, and right now that's not you. And so you're in a position of business that you, you shouldn't be in right now. So please, let's see what we can do collective on February, please. Let's everybody join in. You can hate me if you want to. I understand, but it's a business decision, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, Collective. You're out there too. If you've got shows that are competing for your listens, then what's happening is, is you may not even be reported on there because you've got competition you didn't even know of. And yet the station manager for their shows, right? Let's just take Monday. There used to be a whole bunch of podcast collectives on Monday that used to be there, but they're not there. But the managers, the station manager shows there, right? So they don't have anything competing. But yet the clickish that's on the other pages, right? Podcasts that aren't on the other ones, people who aren't paying, who aren't volunteering, they're still up on the other days and they're competing with us. But don't give a shit about us. I have to do this on air because I have emailed people. What do you do when you're, when you're dealing with a functional alcoholic? I'm asking you, 415-550-0511, call in. What do we do when you have somebody who's in a manager's position that, that is a functional alcoholic and hasn't made the greatest business decisions and over the last year or so, however life crisis has a hit, has run this station into the ground and we're at, we're at, I mean, we're at the point we're barely even breathing. We're a matter of fact, we're not breathing at all. I mean, we need some philanthropist to step in or something, but we need help. Sunday, we'll be here. How can, can we get a therapist in? I don't know. Who can we call? Can we get somebody in for an intervention so that way we can just say, hey, we love you. We love you. It's all love, but family is tough love. Family is tough fucking love. And when you don't communicate and it reaches this level and then you think you're running it like it's yours, when it's part of the collective, then we have problems. Especially when people with disabilities who are out there trying to champion for other people with disabilities, for the homeless and everything, and we don't even get representation on the website. 
say the worry here was all about the comedy space to have the stage, right? Because if we lose the entertainment license or whatever, then, you know, oh, well, that destroys everything that the station manager had, right? And it's great because this thing centers around comedy and I have my 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., my open mic, my Clem's Castaways open mic and improv here, right? And that gets it, that gets promoted on the website because it's comics, it's comics, it's comics. But excuse me, the collective is paying money for each show. So how do you get to dictate the website is only comedy related? How do you get to do that? Isn't it the funds in the collective that dictates what should be on there? So you've got clicks and listens to a click or whoever your friends. And as a functional alcoholic, you need to step down and clean the house. And this is the way we got to do it. And I'm sorry, but you should have responded. And you have never taken me there where you silence the people who are just having shows where we're talking about other stuff than just comedy. And it's absolutely the saddest thing. Absolutely the saddest thing. And so I'm sorry, everybody. People have such a bad perception of... Here's our pre-recordings. I hope you enjoy. I mean, a lot of people, we get reported of homeless on the street. And there is. There's an amazing amount of homeless people that are in San Francisco. And it's good because they've got a needle exchange thing. It's clean. People are healthy. They're living here. There's there's a way for them to get into residence. You know, we're going to go back to 6th Street tonight. Well, damn that GoPro. Yeah, let's just do it. I guess the 4K isn't going to be in the studio tonight then, guys. Because the GoPro is where it is. But uh, the reason I'm talking about the homeless is... I'm right across from the station here. The, you know, it's not my time to go in yet. And uh, I'm looking at Donatera's Market, the tacos, burritos, tortas, catering. The number here in San Francisco for them is 415-401-8031 for catering. Papusas, tostadas, flatas. Este es muy bueno. Es muy bueno grande. As we used to say in Cabo San Lucas, as we were reminded of love and beauty of the sea. But Donatera's Market, homeless. And they open, and she's beautiful. They've been there forever. And you see them come out and they're handing out some, some food to the homeless. And it's smart. All right, here's some food. Move the fuck on. But there's heart. There's heart in San Francisco. There's heart in the Mission District. There's, there's compassion. There's love for humanity. You know, even when we were having that uh, homeless series. It's on YouTube. You can go to Beyond Our Comprehension and look at the Madison's family. And uh, 
you know, how they talked about how nice the businesses were around there and how, you know, you kind of need a marshal of the area, kind of a mater of the little encampment so that way you can keep those relationships well and the businesses understand the plight because what do you think it takes to keep a restaurant open in San Francisco on a high traffic corner, right? And you think there isn't 20 people living in the closets and somewhere in the houses? Or they got to go all the way over to the base somewhere and live because they can't live here. They're living in somebody's garages. They got the passion to do what they want to do. But passion to run a restaurant? That shit's hard. You people know out there, people who are running restaurants. Here's the thing that I am going to tell you right now. If you have money and you need to invest, this is what you're going to invest in. You're going to invest in two places. Two places that need to feed people. And places where people need to let out their frustrations. So, although you see many gyms that used to come and go, there's a lot of places out there that if you've got, you know, if you can cater to your clientele, if you know how to do it and you can continually market and continue to grow and you look at the prospects and how you look at 2050, I'm not looking, I, I did a TikTok the other night. I'm like, you fucking people who are living in 2020, you're cracking like hater bait. We're already, me and Mikey are already in 2050, you know, living life that's great because we're thinking of the passions that needs to take every generation from the future and the present as it merges. We're trying to build this scientific army that's going to take us into a place where environmental challenges are no longer the boogeyman. They're all no longer the thing that we're worried about. There's no longer this battle between the interest users. And I'm not talking about a fucking utopia. I'm talking about we are going to have to climb the Everest, every single one of us in science. And I hope that passion will come just as this passion. That's why they've been here for years. Donatera's Market, tacos, burritos, and tortas. I took my wife there. And we sat down. And it's a restaurant inside. It's not like you just go in and it's like, no, it's a restaurant. I sat down. They brought us the food out after we ordered. And I got the, I made sure I got the homemade taco, the masa with the carne asada, the nice queso fresco cheese that's on there, and they got the three sauces, which you gotta worry out. You gotta be, hey, look, <clears throat> I don't know what your brain is, but let me let me give you a little bit of insight as you look at it, okay? When you look at three sauces, ingredients, right? Three different sauces. Oh, we got three different sauces, different colors. The one that is full, that's fire. That's going to ruin you the next day. So be careful. You may not be ready for that. But, uh, you know, the everything's great. And I'm, I'm just talking about them because they don't pay me for this show. They don't. But I promote what I use. And I'm sitting here and the homeless are there. They're, they're sleeping. One's in a wheelchair. And I know them because I know Moses is right up 21st Street. The one that has the tumor in the stomach. And Mikey can 
sniff out anybody that's about to cash in. Anybody who has a sickness, Mikey, because because we have the energy we have and we walked up and he he just barreled right to Moses and Moses started breaking down and crying and and it was emotional then I got tears fuck I was like damn but Mikey knew it and he had the he had the tumor in his stomach and oh Moses but I'm familiar because they're up there, up there too. You know, they'll walk up and back and forth. But, you know, when they all got to stay together, when they got to protect themselves at the nighttime, make sure that, the you know, they're, they're always at risk. Not even from the environment, but they're at risk from, you know, being injured. Believe me, I know. When I was down there and I had that GoPro out and I saw that guy take out that Berkshire knife that you would go ahead and... You... <laughs> You know, I'm talking butcher knife. It had a white handle, right? It was like like Benihana toolkit right there. And he was calling on to that. Chester, come back. Shit gets dangerous out there. Gets dangerous down there in the tenderloin. You people stay away from there. Okay? You fucking people stay away there. If you're environmental, your nature and your nurture hasn't put you on a path where you don't, you know what I mean? Where I'm talking about, you stay the fuck out of there, okay? You white people, you stay the fuck out of there. You want to give and, and help the people that are on the street there, you make sure you give to the local missions, the local people that are in the tenderloin and, and serve in that area. Don't you damn go there and lose your life because I fucking told you on the radio you don't know how to fucking defend yourself. Don't you dare do that. But they need help. And bless them. They came out. There's the food. And I'd do it too. <laughs> Here's your food. Now get the fuck on. <clears throat> and come back when we're closing. Okay? And you'd be able to be a businessman. Write that shit off. All right? There's always a devil to the, you know, to the wicked, to the glory. There's a wicked to the glory. Don't you fucking think there isn't, right? You got to take care of your business. You got to live in reality. And they did. And they helped their brothers and sisters on the street in San Francisco. And that's why I love fucking San Francisco. Not just because I can be half the fairy I am, but because there's so much love and compassion here. So listen to the rest of the shows on Mutiny Radio, even though I'm pissed off as I am because they're not promoting my Beyond Our Comprehension show. But they will. You share it. Um. And I know you will. I know you'll help me out. Hold on here. I got to jump on Facebook real quick. Send out the shout out. For that 4 p.m. hour, you know what I'm talking about. You know. I got to share. I got to share this so somebody can listen to the show here. All right, you dirty bitches. Whether you're ready or not. 
All right, can you share to your on air now? And I want to select all of this stuff. Sorry, I have to do this because this radio show is going to be about the quintet. My quintet, you're the best. You know who I'm talking about, loyalty brothers from my other mother. And um, you know, it's time. It's time to bring the people together. It's time to put back the weather. It's time to be here together. How we can, I do not know. All right, that, that was a shout out there to, uh, to my, uh, one of my best friends in another state, but a state that's great in this great nation. You don't know how great this nation is unless you understand the opportunity. And I want to tell you this, that any opportunity at any time in life, you don't want to wait to have this statement. Well, I'm reminded now. A tragedy of a helicopter crash. Of course, I got to mention it because my wife does this to me. She calls me. Matter of fact, I, I was on scrolling through TikTok while I was sitting on the shitter and uh, I saw the somebody had posted on TikTok they were holding the phone to the uh, to the news broadcast live at the time and they had some sad face there and for sure man Norica called me because it's arguably one of the greats right Hall of Famer Hey, a Hall of Famer died. That's why, you know, you don't call somebody when a fucking Hall of Famer dies? In a tragedy that, that sad? She calls me. She said, hun, did you hear what happened? I am, I am I'm like, babe, I did. Oh my God, it is so sad. I said, it's amazingly sad. And this and this and the child and all this. I'm like, it's so sad. <sighs> hun, don't you know life is so short? Life is just so short. Look at, she was reminded that life is so short. I'm like, are you seriously talking to me about that? Did you forget what happened in August of 2013? How yes, life is short. And I don't want to live it to the point where I have to be reminded, right? Of how great life is to live. I don't want to have to be reminded of that. That's what I told her. She gets mad at me all the time if I work on stuff with the show or if I work on stuff with, with other people for like other patents when I work in my biotech and my bioengineering, when I do all kind of that stuff. Because, I, you know, I, it's Thursday when I meet with the Department of Rehabilitation, going back through, you know, the employment development, using the tools that are out there, right? And another tool that I just want to say is education. It's never too late to get an education. I'm so glad I did. It didn't stop me from having the accident in August, right? I was still so stupid because I ignored the signs of a fucking heart attack on my left side, right? So I did the damage to my, myself. I have to live with that every single day. But the devil must have shed a tear to God. 
in the fucking environmental chaos that I was spooled in as a child. Where I must have just held on to whatever faith it was. And they sent me back. How heavy is that shit, right? But it's a great, it's, it's a blessing and a burden with the disabilities that I live with every day. But the aura of life and what I love and how great it is and knowing that everything doesn't have to be in the point of, man, I was reminded of this, man. I'm so sorry they're gone now, but I'm reminded of this. That could have been me. Man, I was reminded when Clem jumped off the fucking boat house. It was a houseboat, like a pontoon, right? But up on stilts so a person could walk underneath it. But even when I came back from basic training, I still was just uh, dealing with a monster, trying to figure out acceptance, having a battle with the chaos and the environment. Very few people except the quintet. The closeness, right? Those people. People I shared the trenches in in our football. Those tight ends that were right beside me on that right side knew and I was weak as I was, but I told them I will not stop. I will not stop till I'm dead. If you're willing to go there and help me, I will do whatever it takes. See, I fought in the trenches before I even went into the military. I was fighting battles of survival. And in order to talk about that shit, it's like $175 an hour a week. So bullshit. We share it here because there's other people out there that need to control their, their life. That can turn it around at one second. And make it the best that's ever possible doesn't mean the past isn't the past it means that your future is always a golden future and life is just a cycle that always is going to happen right so if i used to tell the peers at sacramento city college you know it was it was meant to me go there it was meant for me to go there at that time predestination was amazing it is full of it i get blessed because the universe puts a, a so many blessings in front of me is a burden it's so much of a burden to get them all done to enjoy them all but i was supposed to go to sacramento city college when i was supposed to go there and i was supposed to talk to the people that i talked to and i was supposed to compete at the highest level I ever could to know what that's like, to know what it's like to compete at the highest academic level to where you are alongside people who will champion the rest of the generations before us, who are our future now. I'm an old fuck. 48, that's old, right? I got a child's mind, that's just, that's just circumstance. But the physical part of it, it's done to degrade. My mental part, sharp as a button, bitch. People got scared at first of Clem when he started to learn because they thought he was competing against them. But then they soon realized that Clem has a lot of demons and he's competing against himself. 
And I just kept finding tools to help me learn because I had a learning disability when I was growing up. Not just a speech impediment, so you know, I got bullied, but you know, learning disability too. That shit's hard to get rid of. Man, my Nana. I'm going through the family property stuff and you ought to see all the cards she kept from everybody. Arcoe School, shout out to all the alumni there. Galt High School, shout out to all the alumni there. Can't wait to see you at a 2020 reunion wherever we can make that be. My brothers, my sisters, my quintet. Hey, Maya Copa, for the past, I was an animal. I was stupid. I was in a washing machine of pain. And we had to lock Michael away. It was amazing. We had to isolate Michael. We had to do it. And you guys are going to find out why. Why was we were Clem for so long. And you guys too may have disabilities out there. You may have dissociative identity disorder and PTSD. You may have clinical depression. You may have sociopathic intrusive thoughts. You may have a brain injury. Matter of fact, you may have more, much more than I do. I am so blessed to have a second life. And I never want to be reminded of how short life can be ever again. And so I love you, Quintet. I love you, the friends. I love you who battled on the trenches. I love every single one of you. Men, big hug. If we were ever at the end of the world, you can share my fucking hot. If we're ever at the end of the world, you can share my fucking fox toll, and I guarantee you I'll die before you. And you know how loyal I am and how true that statement is. Quintet forever. Now let's go back and let's go ahead and share something from one of the docs and get ready for this. And thank you so much for joining Beyond Our Comprehension. Please find past archives at our website, www.beyondourcomprehension.com. You can call the radio station programs, the two, at 916-794-5598. That's 916-794-5598. Leave us situations and subjects that you'd love to talk about. We want to talk about your horror stories of getting fired. That will be coming up next. We're doing this, you get back to unemployment and where I am talking about my road back to rehabilitation and how I'm using every single tool so that way I let you know it's possible. If you got agoraphobia, I know it's gonna be hard, but you can do it. I used to get to 10,000 steps right on there and so you're gonna hear from the doctor, from the session and uh, this is for all ages. Make sure you have your children in your room, whatever, right? Because this is something that you want to discuss because pain and families and growth and environments change so much and we don't champion the voice for the young to speak out. And so enjoy this next 30 minutes as we talk about that. Hi. What you're about to hear on Beyond Our Comprehension is the conversations of a person with severe brain injury. 
the patient uh, has dissociative identity disorder, PTSD, clinical depression, tendencies of sociopathic thoughts, and the individual died. The individual is using beyond our comprehension as a way to break through the mental illness, express himself where he couldn't in normal healthcare situations because people have not lived through the nature and environmental challenges that this patient has. So please, whether your thoughts, your concerns, understand that this is a fantastic way to let a voice be heard. And you too can use podcasting as a way to explain yourself and you'll be amazed as the network that starts to open up as you talk more. The patient who's about to speak has severe agoraphobia. Some people can reach 10,000 steps working a whole eight hour shift and this person will make 10,000 steps within an hour or so trying to figure out how to go out the front door. The patient had a severe heart attack in August of 2013 and had to be revived Remember, you can always change the channel. You can always pause. You can always listen to another podcast. The patient can never ever get rid of his brain injury. Never. Never ever. And the patient deals with that every single day. And so far, this has been the greatest outlet for our patient. It has been the greatest one. You got to see people talk about me now. Navigate the disabilities this person has. There is some obvious signs of autism that you'll see if you look back through all the records, even the comedy. But all of this is used as therapy in order for the two worlds, the patient's world and the fast spinning, multitasking, large stimulus of a world that goes on every day. So I thank you if you're still listening But now is the time for you to pause. Now is the time for you to go along with your life that you know it. And you won't be affected. You won't be touched. 
it won't change you. Or you can listen to the stories of Beyond Our Comprehension with your host, Clem. Thank you so much. All right, that's the doc. And uh, I'm going to reiterate that warning uh, so you have now to where you can go ahead and listen to whatever you need to. Thank you so much for stopping by, and we appreciate it. Um, now you're going to hear a guided meditation session, um, and this is done with professionals, so please do not try any kind of regression therapy unless... Um, Unless you really are doing it with a professional, okay? And so we want to just make sure that uh, we put that out there. Uh, and so here you're going to see the patient who suffered a hospitalization. He had a spinal injury, was in the wheelchair. I'll just give you the background there. Uh, had some surgeries, um, hip replacement, spinal procedure, procedures, hand procedures. He suffered um, multiple days in a mental hospital. Uh, and because the growth through the therapy of the patient, um, it's been amazing. You know, the patient understands that, um, you know, weapons and handguns and stuff like that are not for their world. Um, they understand a lot more of the actual world and the realness of, of the different types of people who are in our society and respects them so much um, that, yeah, it has been such a hellish ride, but yet... Uh, the patient has made so much progress. And so here you're going to see a guided meditation session. And uh, if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, this is beyond our comprehension, but this is the last time. Please change it now if this is too much for you. I was talking to him and I said, this is not something we can do. And he said, we have to do it. I said, there's no way. We're going to get caught. He said, there's no way we're going to get caught. He said, how many times have you died already? And you still come back to the torture. And then here you try to escape. And then the torture's there again. And you got nowhere to run. You can't do anything about it. We have to do this. That's when I knew that my childhood was torture and I understood that, but all the stories of the military around the fireplace, all the stories, it seemed like that was the only place I could go to and champion. Champion was a war officer. Champion was like a funnel. He, he funneled every single person out of that high school that he could into that military because he knew. He watched us boys in wood shop and the girls in wood shop and 
He knew the people that needed to go to the military. My father wasn't having nothing of it. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to turn to you? You fucking drunk? You didn't save any fucking money? All the shit from mom's desk, you fucking wasted. You drunk everything, you put everything on the fucking credit cards. We got fucking nothing. What, you gave the other two fucking cars and what? I'm your fucking boy, I'm the last one. What the fuck did you give me? Where the fuck was your goddamn outlet? Me, going there every night having to hear that fucking bitch talk about you lying on the fucking floor, you fucking drunk. Me, going up there with my fucking hand over your face just to see if you're fucking alive. Part of me didn't want you to, the other part fucking did. Get up. She's fucking talking about you. She's fucking talking to us like what she's going to fucking do to us. How fucking a piece of shit is. How we can't fucking do anything. That's why we can't go to see the family. That's why we can't do all this shit. Get the fuck up, you fucking drunk. I used to sneak into the closet. He got rid of all the uniforms, but he did have all his pictures and the purple heart there. And everybody else had their fucking stories around the fireplace, but dad didn't say any of that. Couldn't talk about any of those stories. I didn't know. I thought he was still just a little fucking bitch, little drunk. But not when I was a kid, he was everything. He was everything to me. You lose your mom. What the fuck? You lose your mother. And everybody is now fucking game to fucking take you out. And you can't do anything right. Your mother was the protector. That's the person that protect. Doesn't matter how stern they are or whatever. They got love unconditional. You're just lying there on the bed in a coma. And all you people, all you fucking people standing around fucking praying. The fuck you praying for? Who the fuck is Jesus? Who the fuck are you praying to? She ain't fucking waking up. Go ahead, drag me out to this fucking parade. Drag me out to where I gotta fucking march in the parade and beg for fucking blood. Why? Why the fuck is she laying there? You fucking people don't know how to pray. I'll fucking pray. You wanna see how to fucking pray? I'll fucking pray. And there's our little boy. Praying, not to Jesus, not to anybody, praying to God. The audacity of this young child to pray directly to God, to ask for this mother. Who is this? 
who is this woman laying on this bed that you would talk to me? That you would have the audacity to come to me directly with your insignificance and your prayers. Who are you but nothing? And yes, God, I am. I am nothing and I am a child and I am here on bended knees. I am down. I am weak and I am crying. And they do not understand because if they did, she would wake up. Please, hear my prayers. And day after day, she laid there in a coma. And people after people after people would come. And every time they came, they had to drag us to the hospital too. So we would talk, talk to her, Michael. Talk to her, Michael. You talk to her. She needs to hear your voice and she'll wake up. They used to say, and I would sit there and speak and speak and speak and everybody crying, but I couldn't cry. Everybody else was crying. Somebody had to be strong. My father couldn't. She's laying there. She's dying. Please wake up. Why? Why is she still laying there? Why is she still laying there? What are you people doing? Why is my mommy still there? Why is she there? Why is she laying there? Please, Daddy, why? Why? You people don't know how to pray. You are wicked. It's your fault. Oh, you people, you don't know how to pray. I'll pray. I'll show you. I'll pray. You don't feast. You don't put a young boy in a situation like that. And Michael prayed and prayed and prayed. And Michael made such a connection with God himself, itself, in the universe, whatever connection that could be that trauma. After a little boy who lost his mother took all those pills to kill himself. You don't know an environment you're growing up in. It's so bad unless you yourself are willing to take yourself out of it. I saw the ad on the commercial. It said rise syndrome. Right in them. You die from it. You get it from the aspirin. You get it from the aspirin. 
So I went to the kitchen night after night and I would take handfuls of the aspirin because, because dad was such a drunk. He would, nobody would, everybody, nobody would understand. He, nobody cares about the aspirin because look at, he's a drunk. I'll take them handfuls, handfuls. I, I, I hated waking up the next morning in so much pain. And then it was the pain from taking the aspirin. And now I wanted to take more so I could get rid of the pain. It didn't matter the situation. I figured I could do it, but I never could do it. I never could do it. I'm not strong enough. I am weak. You ever had a devil shed a tear? That's what happened for this boy. This boy bypassed every single people in the world, every billion and every doctrine and whatever it was, and he prayed for a straight fucking telephone connection to God in the universe itself and everything that was going through he still prayed and because of that even the devil himself shed a tear and said that boy will never know happiness and will be empty for this whole life but because he believes in you so much, he will live. And his torture will be the world that he's trying to leave. His hell will be present. His knowledge will be future. And we will see if his love continues for you. What a movie that would make. What a story that would be. If any of that were true. Seven four one seven four one hashtag seven four one seven four one text seven four one seven four one if ever ever you need it somebody's out there just to talk to you you may be experiencing an environment like our patient was there may be things that you have to get out of your system that you can't share. In a group, I am telling you that you are strong enough to be an individual and you are strong enough to heal yourself and that if you can only shatter 
the walls that you invent, then as yoga say, you can be intelligent because you'll understand how stupid you are in the environment of the world. You can always call the program number at 916-794-5598. That's 916-794-5598. You can email the host, Clem, at clem.cc.boc at gmail.com. That's clem.cc.boc at gmail.com. Life is a cycle that will never quit. You have to understand that. You have to prepare. You have to get rid of the past. You have to move forward and grow and strong. And stories like our patient, hopefully, because you can see that there's growth in letting that shit out, you too can. Develop your own podcast. Share your story with the world. There are some people out there that you're just afraid of because you don't understand them. And you need to. and We want you to. So, beyond our comprehension, thank you so much. Take care. Keep it between the ditches. And that was me at 12 years old. Keep it between the ditches. That's what my papa said. It was like the Hatfields and McCoys. So mother passed away, dad remarried, someone who tries to kill us, tortures us. But dad can't do anything about it because the tragedy of the Vietnam War, tragedy of losing his wife, the situation of trying to raise kids, manage a grocery store, And here you've got your in-laws now permanently on the property that you brought together. So what happens? Our little boy in the story. Our little boy in the story has to mediate between the two households. And it's not enjoyable. You can't spend as much time back and forth. And so everything was trying to hide. So that way you get just a little bit more with the grandparents. A little bit more knowledge of his mom and And then the households, then they went to war with each other. Then it was the father against the grandfather and the boy in the middle. And you don't know horror. You don't know horror. Unless unless you have something so great that that you understand your weakness and you try to just say, well, I can't make it. I was so young, but 12 years old, at least my grandfather, my best friend, always who wanted me to succeed. That's why he threw me up there on the horse and gave me my first brain injury. Thank you, Papa. Appreciate that. But we got to get hay. So we're out on the road and we get about 200 feet away from the farm And he throws me into the driver's seat and he says, keep it between the ditches. But Papa, keep it between the ditches and don't tell anybody. And he made me drive. 
And that may be scary in the 70s, right? You just throw a 12-year-old out there on the freeway with hay bells in the back of a truck. No seat belts, right? That's the day. Woohoo! Except for him at 13. His big brother gets murdered. His father's already passed away from illness, from sickness, right? That's what happens in there desperately poor in the middle of the depression and he's 13 and because somebody decided to murder his brother he became the head of the household at 13 and everybody bullied him but he worked on a farm and he could drive team he could plow fields and so the jobs were the railroad and he went there and at 13 he was getting a nickel more then those people pile and driving and putting the rails down. And at 13, he was taking care of a family. And at 13, he was working with men. And at 13, he was drinking and grabbing the bottle because that's what life was back then. Life hits you early. You got to fucking grow up. Not today. Oh, my God. Not today. You go into the little, oh, I'm a little depressed. Boo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> I don't feel like the feng shui in my house is right. Oh, grow the fuck up. We're too weak. Too weak at this fucking time. We forgot what it was like to be in control because we're forced into it. Because we're forced to grow up. Because we're forced to become something that we didn't want to do, but we had to. Because the situation demanded it. Man. So I was talking before, and that's what we're going to transition to, a little bit of how I learned the knowledge of how my strength comes, where my genes come from. You fuck with me, you're fucking with genes. Genes that go all the way back to people that came over here because they had no plight, because they were being tortured, because they had to, and they fought in the fucking revolution, and they thought, fought in the, you know, they fought against brothers and sisters. And they were the foundation architect as bad as it was for this fucking nation. And gone through this nation. And here's the one thing that I didn't lose. I didn't have a mother. So I had to go to the source itself. So I used to sit down with my papa. I used to ask him stories. And that's how I learned. That's where I know my great grandma Willie. She'd as soon fucking kill you as get you on her property. She'd wonder first. She'll shoot you first and ask you if you need help later. Because you got to survive. You got to protect. You got to champion. Some of us had to grow up really early and do what we have for had to do to become who we had to be. And we do that whenever that challenge comes and life is going to come at you as the cycle of life. And you're going to go, oh shit, strike one. Here it comes at you, cycle of life. Woo! Strike two. Hold up a little bit. Choke up a little bit. Right? Here's the problem. You swing too slow. You're too fat, can't run. I need you to step into the pitch. What? I need you to step into the pitch. You're too fat, you're too slow, but you get to first base. We need to advance the runner. 
okay, I'll do it. And that's how you got to take life. You got to step into that fucking pitch and take life head on. If you're too slow for it, if you can't swing, if you can't run away from it, hey, it's going to keach up to you. Oh, no, just step into it. Take, take the pain, take the cry, and take your base. It's time to human up. So pull up your panty britches. Shit's going to get real. Here we go. The last hour beyond our comprehension. Woo! I'm going to make you want Clem's Castaways. I'm going to make you cream for it. You're going you're gonna to beg for it. Because I'm dropping some heavy loads on you right now. Much love to everybody out there. We're surviving. Here we go. This is how. Well, it must be Tuesday. And I'm pulling out of the parking garage. And it's time for Beyond Our Comprehension. Hi, I'm your close. <laughs> close. Yeah, I'm close. I'm close. You never know where I'm at. I may be right there in your ears. I'm so close. I'm so close. You can reach out a hand. Listen to a better place and a plan to make this world great, as great as it can be. But it's gonna take a lot of work from you and me. Beyond Our Comprehension is brought to you by Norca on Camera. That's right, it's Norca on Camera on YouTube. Please go see the male to female transgender story and transition my beautiful beautiful wife norca on camera you can find the best doctors for your surgery both facial feminization uh sexual reassignment surgery you can learn about what problems goes on and what successes and grace and joys and you too can be who you always knew you were norca on camera go to youtube and search for her. You can also find us beyond our comprehension. That's www.beyondourcomprehension.com where you can go and click the menu or the episode and discussions tab and you can see the archive of all our shows. Listen to last week's Beyond Our Comprehension show where CEO and founder, host, producer, Christian Swain of Pantheon Podcasting and the Rock and Roll Archaeology podcast that he puts on. It's a great, great podcast to learn about the history of rock and roll. And that last episode is up to 1969. He gives a great detail, his band, all of that, how he changed careers. And we'll be talking about that too. Um... Clem's Castaways, beyond our comprehension, likes to support Clem's Castaways open mic and improv at Mutiny Radio Studios and Performance Theater, 2781 21st Street, San Francisco, California, on the corner of Florida and 21st, right across from Donatera's Market. Great $3 tacos. Come to the Bay Area, not far away from BART Access. Come to Open Mic. I have 
so many that stop in and they thank me for having a dark blue comedy session. It's a zombie zone, which means social police, P, politically correct police, all you little anks and, and wokes knots, right? You can't come in. You can't. Because this is a place where people don't get criticized. What they do is they get to come out and they get to talk about stories. So they get to own what many people do. Many people come to my shows from 4 to 6 p.m. who have mental health issues. Deep mental health issues. People with a background in the military, normal people, people who've had accidents, people who were born with disabilities. It's a place where they get to talk about extreme adult issues, bizarre sexual content, and racially and ethnic offensive jokes so they can release. It's a great place. It's fun. You wouldn't think it, but it is. So come to the Dark Blue Comedy of Clem's Castaways, Open Mic and Improv from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. San Francisco, California, the corner of 21st and Florida. All right, I'm gonna give a shout out to my brother from another mother. I wanna thank beyond our comprehension as we do always in the podcast, Mr. Hopkins, Mr. Robertson, Mr. Huntington, Officer Serwick, Sergeant Camacho, and the cardiothoracic god, all the surgical interns and fellowship. They There was 20 of them following. 20 of them following this one. It was like Grey's Anatomy right there. Like I was a part of Grey's Anatomy in real life. They hang, they hung in anticipation on every single word that he was going to put out of his mouth. And the main thing is, he's like, hey, you made it. I'm like, I was doing all this exercise. He's like, fuck, it's a good thing you were. That's probably what saved your life. Right? Right coronary heart, right coronary artery of my heart was 99% blocked. I had a massive heart attack. I had all the signs, I ignored it. I was so overweight, I was living a life that was just and unintelligent. It was an unintelligent life. And then I went to school. Mid, 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 38. I said, I, I'll give it up. I took, I sat down and I, I prayed. I had a conversation with my gut, my mind, my voice, my deep, deep, deep relationship with God and the universal spirit. I said, I can't do anything half-ass. I said, I gotta give it my all. I said, I gotta take a vow of poverty, and I, so I did. So I called up the company, I said, I don't have the money, I, I wasn't working, I said, I, I, can you take my car back, I can't do it. They come and picked it up, no problem. Matter of fact, they made a little bit of money that uh, they sold, so I didn't have to owe anything, thank you. My sister had an extra bike in her garage. She gave me the bike. I had a I had a place where now I had transportation. Now it's mobile. I sold my TV. I sold my golf clubs. I sold everything that was part of the life that wasn't going to be part of the new one. I got rid of it all. And I sat there and I said, I have to do this. I said, it's so 
it's it's something that's driven me so much I have to do this that I the drive the drive is causing me pain the drive is manifesting physical and emotional pain and if I don't do this 100% right then then I'm not gonna make it and I almost did it almost did it that that heart attack August 1st I did almost did it almost did it thank God thank God that I that I changed my life around then because I don't I didn't want to end up as somebody who regretted regretted not taking a chance in life I didn't want to fear matter of fact I had more fear right the monster of fear inside was so great that it scared me into this I had to do it because I felt I felt that if I didn't I was gonna implode And it wasn't like I got it right when I first started. No, when I first started, I wasn't taking it as serious enough. I just said I had to do it. And then, and then I had to do it. Then life circumstance changed. I would ride my bike in the morning before the, the door opened. I would wait there, just waiting for the coffee shop for the door to open so I could get the computer going, so I can get the studying going, so I can learn more. And I wouldn't leave until an hour or so before they closed. And I would sit there so many times and it didn't matter. I, I would create a Facebook group for the classes that I was taking and then I would just say, and, and at first nobody would come and then finally, finally, day after day after day, after like two full quarters because I couldn't give up I couldn't the fear of failure was so great most people don't do things because they feel they're they feel that they're gonna fail and and so they don't do it for me I was, the failure was not trying, right? That it, I was living in the failure. I was living in the failure, and it all surrounded me. It, it it enveloped me. It was about to destroy me. It was about to destroy me. You know, there's there's yoga masters that say that you know the most intelligence people are the ones that know that they're stupid and I got to the point where I, I, I'm like I'm stupid I'm absolutely stupid because I have the drive I just didn't know how to how to get it done and so I did something that is probably people think is is very racial racial ethnic and I didn't go give a fuck what you think I looked to see what the top people of the class, who they were, most of them were Asians, and I said, I'm gonna do their fucking schedule. 
because at least they probably had parents that is on them so much that they don't want to go home so they're probably they're probably so I just said I'm studying with you people I just I just I just forced myself in because I needed to know how they were doing it haha and then I saw the, how they were doing it and then I modified that and then I started getting more better grades than they did and then I started getting better grades than they did and better and better and now because I was using so much resources because my life was enveloped into this now I started moving into the top 10 from the top 10 I started moving into the top 5 This is mid this is midlife people. This is a non-traditional student. This is yeah, that's right. I was out 30. I can tell you I am was not mature enough to handle it right out of high school. I had to go to the military. I needed that discipline. Ah. Uh, but then you gave me an outline for excess and then ah, uh, then they had tutoring everybody's afraid to go to tutoring and then I figured out ah the smart people are going to tutoring it wasn't stupid people in the class right the the unintelligent people who didn't know right they were afraid to to use that as a resource it wasn't the stupid people that were going to tutoring it was the top 10 people the top people in the class because they knew they knew how to do it. And I'm like, aha, you dirty bastards. Now another piece to my fucking toolbox. And so then I started going to tutoring. And then after tutoring, then I started to have a dialogue with the professors because then I saw the top people were having dialogues with the professors. And then I'm like, aha, motherfuckers. Now I see it. And then I started to put the whole plan together because being a first generation graduate going back to school especially in the sciences I had no parents no parents no family members nobody to show me the way to do this and they were all dead what the fuck am I supposed to do and then they had a class thank god they had this class and this class is how to study in science and then I took that class fucking twice because that was the limit. I'm, I'm like me, I'm putting the fucking pedal down to the limit. I'm using every resource you're gonna give to me. Nobody is going to outdo me in available resources. And then I started getting resources that weren't available to me because I didn't have the money for fucking textbooks. And then I went to some shady people that could get me textbooks. Digital. And I had to rely on that because I'll do anything. Nobody will keep knowledge from me. And that's my attitude I had. That's the attitude I had. There is nobody that's going to have a resource above me. If they have a resource, then I am going to use that one. And then I started making the Facebook groups and then I started creating resources within the class. 
And that's why when you go to my LinkedIn, when it shows under the Sacramento City College for the LinkedIn, it shows the letters that were from the top department heads there, that's why it shows that we had the one of the top, if not still the top, GPAs overall in that classroom because we fucking used it all. And I can't take credit because as the people were sitting down and the doctor's students and the lawyer students and everybody was using it, and then I would listen to how they were studying, I saw how their groups were going on, and I fucking stole it. Plagiarize that fucking outline. Plagiarize that fucking shit. If something's working for somebody else, figure it out and then modify it to where you get it to. Don't ever let anybody ever let anybody have power of knowledge over you. Never. Never. And we kicked fucking ass. We fucking destroyed. And Dr. Naganuma put one of his mind-blowing exams out there and I kid you not, the whole class couldn't move after that. There was a exam and he was an old school Stanford PhD motherfuckers and he will take it to you. You pass his fucking class, you can go to fucking any school. Harvard, Ivy, you finish that fucking series at that school, there is nobody that can take you down. Automatically I went to the university and I was top five. They didn't know where this motherfucker came from, but they knew my name after that first fucking quarter for point oh Dean's List. You can't stop me. I was a fucking monster. A fucking monster because I was a education knowledge mechanic. I had a fucking craftsman toolbox. No, I had fucking Mac tools stacked high, nine fucking feet tall. I was on stilts, bitches. Fucking stilts. And that's why when I got to my professors out there, they were like, who the fuck is this goddamn tornado coming through? I didn't know I... I didn't know, you know what I mean? But I wasn't trying to take anybody down. That's the main thing. I wasn't trying to take anybody down. It wasn't a school where I was trying to best somebody else so that way they couldn't, right? I wasn't competing that way. I was competing against myself. I was competing against the fear of failure, the monster fucking inside me. And people just couldn't see it because they thought I'm in competition with you. I'm like, I'm not fucking in competition for you. I mean, there may be a time, and it's true, I, that first place is always probably out of mind, but third or second, fuck you. I don't care how young you are. I know I'm at a disadvantage with the millennials. I know I've had brain injuries from football and horse riding and, and hitting you know my head on the dashboard and accidents and all of that. I know being dropped as a baby. Thank you, Papa. R.I.P. Keep it between the ditches. Earl Murphy Hardage, 1903 to 1999. I love you, my bro. Love you. That's why I told people, I said, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. They said, well, I got to do that. I got to do this. I said, you got to do nothing. 
I said, life is always gonna fucking be there. That cycle is always going to be crazy. If you can't get that in your fucking mind now, then you ain't gonna do it. I said, get that fucking in your mind right now. Know that life is always gonna do that. Everybody can die at fucking a second. And then live your fucking life and put the pedal to the goddamn metal. So that way, when you look back, you never fucking regret. You never fucking regret. Did we just take a whip to that knowledge of science being poured out? And you know Sacramento City College, and I love you, Bay Area. You got it. I don't know. Oh, I'm not putting anybody down. Laney College, right? St. Mary's, Aubrey, from around the Bay, all of you guys are probably missing some. No, I'm not putting anybody down. What I'm telling you, if you're at the Los Rios District and you want to go ahead and you want to climb fucking Mount Everest, if you want to climb fucking Mount Everest of knowledge, then you go to Sacramento City College and you go ahead and you say, I'll do anything it has to take. And they will throw knowledge at you and exams at you where I am not fucking kidding. You will not be able to move out of your seat because your mind is blown. You got to know that going in. This is not for the people who do not want success. This is not for the people who just going to take it candy ass. Hell no. You can. But man, I'll tell you what, if you go there, girl, I'll tell you what, general, okay, I just say what I fucking say. What I'm saying is, if you want to apply to a four-year university, but you got to go through a junior college, you can kind of get the hang, right? But by the time you pull that AS degree in science from Sacramento City College, you can go fucking anywhere you will have a knowledge base like no other and when you hit the universities they're gonna go where the fuck did you come from because the professors are gonna have to go back and go holy fucking shit I gotta step up my goddamn game and here's what's so nice about Cal State Bakersfield. Go runners. Beep beep. That's the mascot. Go Roadrunners. Beep beep. I was down there. It was meant to be when I came through. You don't understand. I am blessed by the universe. There ain't a fucking thing that isn't put in my path that isn't beautiful. Matter of fact, the blessings are so much sometimes are goddamn burdens. I went there took my bike down there. Oh yeah, it got stolen, but that's okay. I was a learning experience. They only stole a tire, not the whole bike. But I rode there and I saw that roadrunner. And that roadrunner was taking off and I was riding that bike and I was chasing that down and that was it. I'm like, I know I'm here. I know I am here where I need to be. I know I am supposed to be here. I know predestination is a in the universe and that's why I have this radio show because we need an army we need a science army I'll take you from where you are right now to a six-figure job within four years
How about that? From where you are right now to a six-figure job. Okay, let's give six years. Would you like to make six figures in six years? Six figures in six years. Six figures. Six figures in six years. You could probably do it in four, but I would recommend between four and six. And if you want to be, look, I'm not saying we didn't have tears. Oh, hell yeah. The, do you understand what a mind-blowing exam is? We could not move in our chairs. We passed it to one side. It was collected. We sat there like we were fucking zombies. Nobody had an intellect left. We sat there like we were fucking statues. And he just looked at us. What the fuck are you people doing? Go. Most exams you get done, you leave, that's it, you turn it in, but we were all fucking still working on it. The whole goddamn class. Mind blowing exams. You gotta know that going in. It is climbing Mount Everest. And when you climb Mount Everest, and when you get that associate's degree at Sacramento City College, or any of the Los Rios districts, or any of the junior colleges, if you're in San Francisco, I think you get it free. When you go that Everest, that's the science degree. When you climb fucking Mount Everest of knowledge, nobody can fuck with you anywhere. Do you understand? Anywhere. They got a football team, the Panthers. When I graduated in 2013 there, 30,000 students, only 6,000 at Bakersfield. 30,000 students. They got a new science wing being built. It's amazing. And everybody knows it. Do you understand? Everybody knows it. If you pull your associate's degree from Sacramento City College, the oldest junior college in the state of California, it was a fucking school. They called it a school. It wasn't even a junior college at the first time. That's how fucking old it was, right? When they started calling them junior colleges, it became a junior college. But before there, it was like an intermediary school, right? where you train people for better lives and better things and it's like the, the step before they go on to Ivy. That's what's its reputation and it is not failing itself anywhere. Sorry about that. Had to put the windows down in the car. And you can do it at any time in your life, at any time in degree. Hey, matter of fact, there may be some people out there who are in their 30s or above and, and they never had the passion of their of their true self and they want science fuck if you're not in science come over to the dark side baby the power is great no there's no dark side it's only illumination it's only knowledge and it is the industry that's going on you don't see people screaming about biotechnology and science or any healthcare like they do the car industry like they do construction 
like they do financial districts. I am trying to tell you in six years, six figures. Six years, six figures. You can do it. All right, I'll stop yelling, I'm sorry. I have passion. I have passion, I, I, I can't. I wish I didn't have to take sleeping pills, but I can't sleep. I'm like on 24 hours. That's part of the head injury. Sorry about being repetitive. That's part of the brain injury when my head hit the pavement. Yeah, I was smart in school, but I wasn't smart when it came to my safety and protection on the bicycle. Can you imagine all I remember is just carrying the bike down the stairs? That's it. That's all I remember. Sorry, I had the air on, you know, San Francisco. I start talking, it's a lot of hot air. You know that, huh? I start talking, it's a lot of hot air. You don't have to listen to me. You can change the channel, but if you want to listen to me, you're, you'll listen to something that's unaltered truth. That's the one thing. You don't know that when you die, hey, I'm trying to get back to where I had. I died. I got fucking nothing to lose. I, I, I'm back. I've been stabbed, been shot fucking died lived a life stupidly now and then I turned it around I went a hundred fucking miles an hour and I revved my engine at 7,000 RPMs for non-stop Bell's palsy probably should have been a sign. I got so sick because I would stay up all the time and read and then I'd watch biology videos and I mean whatever the, the information, wherever I could get it in, I just, I wouldn't stop filling my head and, and then I would go to the whiteboards that were nailed up on the on the inside of the, the duplex I was renting and I had these four by eight whiteboards and and I would go to that and then I would do all the calculations and I repeat everything and then I would teach it and then I would and then one weekend I got a I got an ear infection because my immunity was so bad I wasn't working so I didn't really have food at the time Sometimes I would just have a ketchup packet that was in the refrigerator. And my walk, my walk home from West Sacramento to the duplex would be at night. Because I didn't have any money to pay for the bus. So sometimes I would just walk home. It's interesting at nighttime, you walk home 10, 11 o'clock at night after you get out of school. You, you see, I saw raccoons, the sight of dogs two of them in a pair and they're like 
I walk by and they just look at me like, what motherfucker? He's got the lid like half open, like what motherfucker? We're trying to get a meal. You want some too? You look hungry. You want some? Here you go. I'm like, no, I'm okay. Thanks so much. I'm just trying to go home. Please don't hurt me. Then I would go in there and whatever they are teaching in class, I would try to go ahead and, and do it on the whiteboards and And then I would punish myself. I would punish myself if I got things wrong. However I could do it. Yeah. There had to be a consequence to not getting it right, to not studying. And that Saturday I got sick. Headaches were so bad, I couldn't sleep. My eyes were pounding. And I would just force myself, force myself, because it was midterms. I mean, this was, this was the midpoint. It was just like the, you know, it's pre, it's like the mini finals, right? It's midterms, you gotta fucking nail it. And I was taking 26 units all those fucking hard-ass science and anatomy and physiology and the cell and molecular. And I was taking, taking those political science. Political science was easy. I was getting eight pluses in that one. I mean, I, I basically could memorize test and study materials by word association. It was ridiculous, really. I got like 110% on the final. And I finished it like, I don't know. 20 minutes if that and the way I incorporated that because it's really difficult to for my mind to go from science to the other is I would wake up about 4 a.m. in the morning and I knew I had my regular classes I would go because I didn't have money for heat in the duplex so I couldn't put on the gas and it was freezing in there but Sacramento City College you know, there's during the week the thing stays open and so I go in there and at least it was warm and I could I go in there and study. And my political science professor, he'd see me he wasn't shocked to it, because he would see me there every morning what I was doing is I would take a chunk of the study guide, maybe ten, twenty questions, and I would word associate, memorize, and basically it was word associate and then create the create the mnemonic for it and that was it. I'm done. It was anatomy and physiology, the cell and molecular, the, the, you know, geometry classes. It was all those that, and more. Because I had to take that art class. I thought art was going to be easy, but not when the department head was teaching it. But my environment was set up for it. My wife, you know, she, she didn't live there at the time. She basically was was a permanent resident of the care homes. And so, you know, it wasn't like the woman the woman come home and she's like, the fuck? I'm like, this is what I have to do to be number one. And I never got number one, right? But this is what I had to do to to compete with myself, to to learn and and, and to where I could 
recite the material. Matter of fact, our apartment is set up that right now because I have to, I have to honor my mentors. Even though I have the disability, even though I have whatever, even with a, the personality disorder, the uh, dissociative identity disorder, I mean, it's, um, sometimes it's hard to cycle through each one to get the, <laughs> to get them to communicate with everybody, but. And then we would stay in the library and they would tell us to go home. They would kick us out. And whoever, and we would do it. It's like whoever got out first from whatever the class is, make sure you go over to the library and sign up for the rooms. Make sure you somebody. And then if somebody can babysit a room, and we would. I mean, we became the, a clique, a scientific gang. You know, it was like, look, people, if we're going to make it through this shit, if we're going to get A's in this shit, then this is the trenches that we're going to have to battle in. We fucking took it to it. Damn, did we do some shit. And Sunday I woke up and my, I couldn't, my, my face had fallen off. One whole side of my face had fallen off. I look like a monster. I'm dripping down. I couldn't talk. I couldn't drink. Spit. I, I had put myself so far into exhaustion that my immunity suffered and the infection that I got caused me to have Bell palsy. My face just slid off. And so after I finished my anatomy and physiology uh, <laughs> midterm, I, I said, I, I think I have to go to hospital now. That's what I told my professor, Dr. Dr. De Janeiro. Dr. De Janeiro. I think I have to go to the hospital now. My face was just flying off. I couldn't talk right. And it screwed up. but I was willing to give it everything. I survived. And then I shared. That was the main thing. I never wanted anybody to have to go through the suffering that I had to go through. And then I started tutoring one-on-one -on -one with them. And that was great because then I could get a little income. And then from tutoring, I, did, I expanded. I'm like, you know, I could probably tutor you guys in a group. And so that's what I did. And when the library had their tutors, I'm like, do you mind if I have a classroom and bring in more than just one-on-one? -on -one? It wasn't like they were gonna pay me more, right? I still was getting the one-on-one -on -one pay. But you don't understand unless you understand that as a 
full educator for tutor, right? Now, some people need one-on-one, -on -one, but the other people need the dynamic of the interaction of a group. That way, different analogies come out, different way people's minds, eyes see how they lay down their, their education, and it's beneficial, not for everybody. Some people need the one-on-one, -on -one, right? Because they need that direct focus in a smaller sentiment, stimulus, but there are people that widely benefit and you there are higher benefits um there are pros and cons but there are very large pro to tutoring groups full groups and i loved it i loved it it was fantastic and it wasn't the wasn't uh, you know i wasn't tutoring while i was going through the classes it was after i graduated but but i did 4.0, the Dean's List, I almost, yeah, I was willing to lay it all on the line, that's kind of how I move forward, it's like I don't, if you're going to do something, then, then do it to where, whatever, and that's where you have to have, find the passion, see? That's where, because it wasn't work to me. It wasn't a grind. I loved it, right? It's like, it just became something so amazing because I was learning more and more and more. And look, learning is like working muscles, right? One, you gotta have a great training plan. You gotta have a workout. And you gotta make sure that you're ready for it, right? You gotta take take your doctor's exam. Hey, am I ready for learning? You know, are you mature enough? Are you ready? Some of us have to wait. Some of it's midlife. Some of you are amazing, and you and I I graduated with you, and, and yeah, there you know. the next level because I'm more afraid of the monster and the fear and not doing it than I am doing it but I want to do it to where I'm not going to jeopardize myself that may not be possible it may just be that's my genetics you get an X and a Y as a male. You get an X and an X as a female. That's just, let's just talk biology. That's the way biology goes. Doesn't matter how you perceive yourself. You have the genes you have, and that's the way it's gonna be. You can be any gender you want to. I have a wife who was male to female. I love her so much. And, you know, it is what it is. But you know, you can track. Like I track how, why am I so strong? You know, my dad was in Vietnam, but that's not any kind of epitopic changes to the, the why that I'm seeing, right? Whereas that long-term, I mean, it could be, sure. He was exposed to a lot of stuff. There could be changes, whatever, I don't know. But if you track that why all the way back, right? It's got some strength to it. 
but not near the strength that X gives me. Great Grandma Willie. Great Grandma Willie and Great Grandma, Great Great Grandma Willie's mom. Or the father, wherever that came from, whatever that ex is that came prior to the depression and all the way through, and my grandfather going through that, those, man, the epitopic changes and the, and the, I'm like, I know where my drive comes from right there. That fucking ex gene made it through the depression. You see that saying? That ex gene, where do your genes come from? Maybe you need to look at your genes again so that way you can reevaluate the strength that's in your fucking body. Yes, I wish I could give you a pill so you don't have to die. You ex experience what is the main truth of the universe and then you come back and now you can apply that purpose and the understandings there and it's fantastic. I wish I could give you the pill. I can't. But I can give you the way that I climb Mount fucking Everest. If you're willing to take that path. And then you could, you know, climb how you want to climb. Put your base camps where you want to put it. I don't, it's up to you. But at least I'm sharing the information there. Because you can do it. Chase your genes back. You don't know where that strength is about to come from, but it's strong because you're here. I know it's hard to get a job. I know it's hard to change careers. I know it's hard for employment. I know it's hard because you got bills. That's just the life cycle. That shit ain't gonna change. That shit ain't gonna change. People are gonna live, people are gonna die. That shit ain't gonna change. What, what are you gonna do for you, right? Just do it for you. Man, you do it for you. I had a phone call with with the, the quintet. That's my friends. That's a quintet. We're brothers from another mother. Nobody can break us up. We are lifelong and loyal. And I was talking to one of them. I'm like, hey, don't, don't have to, don't be, don't be reminded. My wife, she says, oh, can you believe it? I mean, life is so short. Talking about Kobe Bryant, the other passengers, everyone who was on that crash she says I just can you believe how short life is I said who the fuck are you talking to who are you talking to do you not remember what happened I didn't say it like that but come on do you not know just telling my friends man don't be reminded don't have to be reminded do what you gotta do with your life do it right now and brother from another mother, you know that I'm directing this to you right fucking now. You are going to get your ass in fucking shape. You, my brother from another mother who knows what I'm talking about in the quintet, you're going to get your asses in fucking shape. Because I'm going to serve as a reminder to you. Our fucking loyalty never breaks down. So you know who I'm sending this out to. And because I'm sending this out, people, that you hear, take advantage of the words out there, the conversation, 
And you can do it at any time. But do you want to put down that fucking... You, you got to climb Everest sometime in your life. Whatever that Everest may be. You got to do it. You gotta conquer that fear inside, the one that is so fearful that if you don't do it, you're going to regret the rest of your life. You're going to implode. Do you understand? It's like passion or breath. The very breath and very oxygen. Sorry about the window, but it happens. You know, we got windows. We got, we got windows. We got doors. We got music, we ask for it more. You can do it. I had to kick myself in the pants. I had to kick myself. I had a conversation with all of them. I yelled and chastised every single one of them. Except the big guy. We just put him away as a battery. Let's not get the big guy out. I had to chastise all of them. And then we move forward. You know, what's funny is the biggest limitations that we set, and I, you know, it's not that I'm preaching from the choir. I'm telling you how I'm breaking them down. I called one of my quintets. I said, brother, I just needed to hear your voice. That's all I needed to do. I needed to know that I could break through the walls, the imaginary walls that I set it up in my life. I, I had to tear those down. He said, I totally understand. I don't call my people. They know I'm loyal, but they know, you know, I had some tough fucking shit in life. So they know that they, you know, they kind of take me, they take me when I can. They know that, you know, if I ever reach out, I just call, I just holler, and then they know, all right, yeah, yeah, we're still here. We're the quintet. We're loyal. And so I said, all right, guys. Because I lean on them. You got to go to school forever. You know, life is fucking hard. You got to lean on some friends. If you ain't got friends, make some. I went to the, to the dollar store. I was buying some alcohol so I could wipe off some of the electrical components that I'm soldering because I'm teaching myself how to solder because I have to teach myself how to solder. Same way I have to teach myself how to Python and, and the R coding and all this shit. But this time I promised that I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, abstain from the, the other side, the creative side and the art side and so I do that. I got demons. I got 16 demons. Only got fucking four of them out so far. I got 12 more to go. be able to do with those demons though once they're out. I walk by those pains. I flip them off all the time. I got you in there. That's why I run my two-hour open mic. So that way I use that as my mental therapy, you know. Because people don't want you to talk about death or suicide to people who are in group that can't handle the subject of death and suicide, right? They're not grown up enough. They're not grown up enough. They're not intelligent enough. They can't, they can't understand because their environment, their nurture wasn't, wasn't that way. They're too fragile. Their fragile mindset 
is too much. They're too easily influenced. I'm like, are they fucking two? Are they two fucking years old? No, right? Most of these got to be an adult to get in here, right? You should go to an outside therapist to talk about those deep, deep, dark issues. How about if I just go ahead and save that money and just do a radio show four hours every fucking Tuesday and I'll just go ahead and talk what I need to talk and then use the resources. You know, the wife I was on with the suicide prevention hotline, I hashtag 741741, hashtag save your life, hashtag use it, text. That's all you got to do is text. You don't even got to give them your name. I said, nah, I'm okay. I don't need I don't need their help that much. But, you know, definitely I, you talk to people who understand, right? Sometimes you don't want to talk to a family member. Don't. Fucking use somebody who has fucking knowledge, who's taught, right? Who knows what escalation, de-escalation, and, and how to move you through an issue. I wish my father would have so he wouldn't have fucking put a bullet in him. Sometimes the Vietnam War fucks you up. Losing your your wife to a, you know, when your children are fucking eight and seven, fucks you up. Cannabis would be illegal back then, California, but we can't go back and pass. We can only make the future better, right? We can only make the present present and the future better. And so you gotta you gotta figure it out. I got the books right here. My first resume. My sister gave me uh, what's your parachute, right? It's kind of like, all right, what are you good at? What this is, right? I use them. I go over, uh, matter of fact, Thursday is, uh, thank you. I got an appointment with Department of Rehabilitation. I can communicate. Do you see how I'm communicate? But I don't communicate very well in, in, in the process of going from my articulation to my writing. Um, there's a disconnect somewhere in the brain wiring. So it, what I used to be, I mean, I used to write science very well. But then something, you know, I hit my head. And then it, so they're going to help me. And then they're going to give me tools to handle the disorders, the bipolar, the PTSD, the dissociative identity disorder. They have a million of them that they go through. Why the fuck should I do it when they have the resources? So use whatever resources there. Use cannabis to keep your anxieties down. If you have to use CBD to keep your inflation down. Move to fucking California so you have access to it all. Come to the great schools that are here. Move to San Francisco. This place, I know it's, you know, you got to move here with four people. who are Four different people who have jobs and live in a closet. But it's still here. The Bay. I'm going to be vacuuming the studio while you listen to this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and the studio is clean. I vacuumed all the rugs. I folded the rugs up. I mopped the floors. 
I'll do another vacuum while I run the breaker so that way we can get paid. Um, but thank you for listening to Beyond Our Comprehension. Make sure that you find us now on iTunes. We love you. I'm not gone yet. I'm just going to go put the breaker on. Chill out. I'm coming. I'm getting it done. Oh, I'm so glad. The studio, you can't believe. You can't believe what it looks like. Today. Asiento. Asiento. Take